today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. You and I as earthly parents are fallen and sinful. And yet if our children have a need or ask us for a fish, we're not going to give them a snake. I mean, in as much as it lies within us, if we see our child in need, oh my goodness, we're going to tax the moon and the stars for them. We'll move heaven and earth for them. How much more our Heavenly Father, who's purchased us. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Hebrews. Even though humans are ruled by sin, that doesn't mean we don't have empathy or compassion. Even though humans are ruled by sin, that doesn't mean we don't have empathy or compassion. If we would do everything in our power for those we love, we, who are sinful and corrupt, how much more do you think God will accomplish for you? He won't let you brave this world on your own. Now be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of Hebrews chapter 7 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. The law can do nothing for you. The only thing the law can do for you is show you you. And when you see yourself in the mirror of God's law, you see yourself as God sees you, as a sinner who has transgressed the law. That's all the law is there for. What if I told you that the Ten Commandments were never given for us to keep? Are you kidding me right now? Think about that. Let's just think about that for a moment. Talk about that for just a moment. Uh, I'm busted on number one. And number two, and number three, and number four, number five, and number six, and all the way to number ten. I even added a couple if you want, to that. I broke every single one of them. Now, what is the point of the law? The point of the law is to show me me and my need for Jesus. So the law takes me by the hand and says, you're toast. Yes, I'm toast. You need a Savior. Yes, I need a Savior. Let's go. Takes me like a schoolmaster by the hand to the Savior who fulfilled the law. He fulfilled the law. I cannot keep the law. The law is imperfect. I need a better hope. And that hope is Jesus. See, Both the Levitical priesthood and the law made nothing perfect, but rather served its purpose like that moad, that sign, pointing us to our final destination, which is Jesus the Christ. Were it not for the better hope of Jesus being introduced, we're left with little hope in the old order, and here's why. It was only kofar in the Hebrew, cover. See, these sacrifices in the Old Testament were only temporary. They were not sufficient 
forever. They were only temporary. They temporarily were covered. You know, I thought about this and I thought, maybe I need to help me with this, Lord, because this is um, kind of intense. I want you to think about what it was like for them in the Old Testament. Every time they sinned, they had to get an animal and they had to take it to the temple. And that they would lay their hands on that animal and they would confess their sins that they were sort of transferring to that animal that was going to be sacrificed for their sins. And then the priest would take that animal and slay that animal and shed that animal's blood. And now their sins were covered because the sacrifice was made. I have to share with you, this is when I came to Christ, I was just a blank slate. I knew nothing. I went out and got a good news Bible, and that was a stretch for me. I had killed so many brain cells, not proud of it with my lifestyle. So this is a limited vocabulary Bible. Many of you might remember this. And, and so I'm, I picked up the Bible and I started in the book of Genesis. I hadn't heard nothing about starting the Gospel of John. So I started in Genesis and I'm reading this thing and I'm going, oh, and I get to Exodus and then I get to Leviticus and I'm like, are you kidding me? You got to take an animal and kill it and sacrifice it and shed its blood for your sins? I'm thinking, do, do they do that? So I'm driving around churches looking for livestock in the parking lots. No, I'm, I'm not kidding. I was a blank slate. I'm like, no way. Every time, wait a minute. Every time I sin, I got to slay an animal and sacrifice that animal and shed its blood for my sin? That's a lot of animals, <laughs> right? And for those of you who faint at the sight of blood, how's that going to work out for you, right? That just brings, I mean, right in your face, the seriousness of sin. Can we agree that that would serve as a deterrent? Every time I sin, blood has to be shed. And it's only temporary because it's only a covering of the sin until the Lamb of God who was slain, until He comes in the order of Melchizedek as our high priest who has no sin of his own, and he is sacrificed once and for all. Imagine my relief when I got to the New Testament. I did not step foot in a church till I had read the Bible all the way through for the first time. And I actually thank God for that, because I got rooted and I didn't get into all the stuff, the traditions. And But imagine my relief when I get to the New Testament. I, when I tell you I was a blank slate, I, that's not hyperbole. When I get to the New Testament, it's kind of like, oh, <laughs> thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that's why there's no livestock in the parking lots of churches. You were sacrificed. You are the lamb. You are the sacrifice for my sin. And it doesn't just cover my sin. 
It removes my sin as far as the east is from the west, and you remember them no more. Wow! Sorry, I'm yelling. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Can you imagine? I was ecstatic. I'm jumping around in my apartment. I'm just like, Jesus, you're the, <laughs> it all made sense now. You're the sacrifice. Oh, thank you, Jesus, that I wasn't born in the Old Testament. <laughs> Can I get an amen on that? Because that's what they had to do. Now let's fast forward to when this was written prior to 70 AD. They're still doing it. And here's these Hebrew Christians going, no need, no need. Jesus is our high priest, sacrificed once and for all. He's the better hope. The writer of Hebrews also quotes a messianic psalm. Now, for those of you that were with us when we studied through the book of Psalms, there were many psalms that were messianic psalms, speaking of and pointing to Jesus Christ. And Psalm 110 is one of them. And the writer of Hebrews, and they would have known it. They were, they're connecting these dots. Every single one of those Hebrew Christians knew exactly who Melchizedek was. And when the writer of Hebrews quotes Psalm 110, verse 4, they knew exactly what he was referring to. It says this, The Lord has sworn and will not relent. You are a priest forever, speaking of Jesus, according to the order of Melchizedek. He fulfilled that. Melchizedek pointed to that. So now, only Jesus can give me the peace I so desperately need, especially with what I'm up against in my life today. And only Jesus can give me the hope that I so desperately need with everything that I'm faced with in my life today. Does it get any better than that? Actually, yes, it does. The best is yet to come, as they say, eternal life. Only Jesus can give us eternal life. Now, I am keenly aware that this is a firm grasp of the obvious. However, only Jesus lives forever and remains perfect forever. You know, how do I say this? I'll just say it. The gospel is that Jesus was crucified, buried, and rose again from the dead. Why is it important that he rose again from the dead? Because he defeated death. Why is it important that he defeats death? Because in defeating death, he purchased the price for us for eternal life. Would you agree that the number one thing that people fear is death? And the Apostle Paul, I love it, it's a sanctified taunting of death. Death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? 
I have Jesus. He defeated death. He paid with his death for my death in my place. And he paid with his death so I could have eternal life. Let me ask you a question. What's the most valuable thing that you possess? Don't say your car, <laughs> or your stock portfolio, or cryptocurrency maybe, I don't know. What's the most valuable thing you possess? You know what it is, eternal life. That is your most valuable possession. And here's the thing, you didn't even pay for it. It was given to you as a gift. Well, someone had to pay for it. Yeah, he did. Jesus did. He paid in full the price on that cross. He paid the purchase price. We are not our own. We have been purchased. It's been said that our greatest need was his greatest deed. What's our greatest need? Salvation. What was his greatest deed? Going to his death for our salvation. One last thing, and I'll bring it to a close. And I, I hope that, and I was reluctant to even mention this, but uh, I have to confess this. I've been very intimidated by particularly chapters 7 through 10 of Hebrews. Uh, it is a very complex passage of Scripture in God's Word. I heard a story about a pastor who got to the end of chapter 6 and was going verse by verse and, you know, sort of taking his time. And then when he got to chapter 7, he finished the entire book in one uh, day, just like, I'm, I'm, I'm done with this book. <laughs> it's a really hard book to teach. So this last week I spent some time with the Lord, and the Lord just said, why are you doing it again? I know, I know what he meant by that. I'm doing it again. I'm complicating it. My wife keeps telling me I have the gift of complication. I keep telling her that's not one of the gifts that, you know. So it doesn't matter, you have it anyway. So I, I usually start about Monday, sometimes Sunday night, just to kind of get a feel for where I'm going. And I, I read the chapter and I'm like, Oh God, <laughs> what? The Levites, the Levitical priesthood, the law, the imperfection, the insufficiency, the order of Melchizedek, Christophany type. I mean, I, I was going crazy. The Lord's like, why do you do that to yourself? It's about me. Sundays come every week. Deeply profound, I know. But for me, every Sunday, it comes every week without fail. And I always remind the Lord of that. Lord, what am I going to say on Sunday about this? And he just says, well, just tell them about me, because that's what it's about. Only me. I want to end with this. When you think about your salvation, 
And many of you, I'm sure, can remember. I can't remember the actual day. I just know the month and the year. I was, I was a mess, man. I don't remember anything, actually. But I do remember praying one night, and then falling asleep praying, and then waking up the next morning, a new creation in Christ, and old things had passed away. And behold, all things had become new, and I never looked back. And maybe you can remember your spiritual birthday that day when you came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Have you ever thought of it like this? Your eternal life started that day. Now think this through with me. Your eternal life started the day you came to Christ. Do you realize the implications of that? (laughs) Wait. Let me see if I got this straight. So this is a textbook case of win-win. Yes, it is. And by the way, as one so aptly put it, for the Christian, this is the most hell we will ever know. Conversely, sadly, for the non-Christian, this is the most heaven they will ever know. I suppose in some ways you could say it like this, because it's true. This is as bad as it gets. Oh, but pastor, what if it gets worse between now and the rapture? Oh, all right. Good question. Fair question. Here's the answer. And it's the answer that the Lord has settled my heart with. And I mean, it has just settled it for me. Here's the question again. Things are getting really intense, and I face the real possibility of losing my livelihood and my house, and and it looks like it's getting worse. My world right now, my family right now, is in utter turmoil. My son, my daughter, prodigal son, wayward daughter. I mean, it really is hell, (laughs) as I am going to understand it. And I don't know how much longer I can hang on. Okay, here's the answer to that question. So He paid for you, purchased your eternal life. And as we just read in this chapter, that He was the guarantor. You understand that in financial terms? He signed, the Holy Spirit is the earnest money down on this purchase, this investment. He has way too much invested in you. The Holy Spirit indwells you. You think He's going to forsake you or abandon you? He will never leave you or forsake you. You be encouraged. You have eternal life. And until that day when that trumpet sounds, and I believe it's going to sound sooner than any of us can possibly imagine, and the dead in Christ rise first, and we who are alive and remain will be caught up, raptured up to meet the Lord in the air, and all of those loved ones that died, that we miss so much, they're going to rise first, bodily resurrection with their new glorified bodies. I'll tell you, man, it doesn't take much for me. I just start thinking about that, and I'm so encouraged because I know I'm going to see my daughter, Noel, again. 
going to see my mommy again too. I hope I'm going to see my dad. I believe I might. I think he came to Christ before he died. I really believe that. That's my hope. But all the loved ones, and I, as I stand behind this pulpit, I look out to you as an amazing church, and I just love you all so much. And a lot of you, we've been through a lot, haven't we? So many have gone home to be with the Lord, and we are going to be reunited with them soon and very soon. And I'll tell you, if God's going to do that, and He is, this is not pie in the sky, no pun intended, why wouldn't He do whatever we need until that? Is there anything He wouldn't do? I mean, you and I as earthly parents are fallen and sinful. And yet if our children have a need or ask us for a fish, we're not going to give them a snake. I mean, in as much as it lies within us, if we see our child in need, oh my goodness, we're going to tax the moon and the stars for them. We'll move heaven and earth for them. How much more our Heavenly Father, who's purchased us, we're under new management under new ownership. We are not our own. He has us. And He will take care of us until He takes us in the air to be with Him. You be encouraged. You be encouraged. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning to love this book of Hebrews. Let's just put it like that. You know, the first part was great. And by the way, when we get to chapter 11, I cannot wait for chapter 11. Read chapter 11. That'll really encourage you. The, as it's been affectionately referred to, the hall of faith, where the writer recalls and recounts all of these men and women who by faith, and then you can fill in the blank. You're like, whoa. Can't wait till chapter 11. But we got chapter 8 and 9 and 10 first. <laughs> and you have to come back those weeks. <laughs> Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. Oh Lord, thank you for this book of Hebrews, this chapter here. What a much needed reminder for us of just the simplicity. It's just you, Jesus. It's just you. It's all about you. We sing it, we say it, but Lord, we want to live it. We want to live it. Lord, if there's somebody here, maybe watching online, that just, I mean, struggling and barely hanging on, would you, as only you can, give them that peace, that supernatural peace, Fill them with hope as only you can, and remind them that they're saved. They're saved. That we're going to spend eternity with you. That's what we have to look forward to. And that makes whatever we're going through so much easier to get through, knowing that we have eternity to look forward to with you. Thank you, Jesus. Cannot thank you enough. 
In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from the book of Hebrews with Pastor J.D., don't discount the things you're hearing. God may be speaking to you individually today through Scripture. We encourage you to keep reading on your own, too, to further understand what you've heard on today's broadcast. If you're not already part of a local church that you call home, we encourage you to find one and attend regularly. This only helps you to grow in your relationship with God and others. If you don't have a church home, come be a part of ours. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. While you're there, you can also access more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates. In addition to that, you may be interested in the ABCs of Salvation under the Resources tab. This is a simple guide to understanding the good news of salvation in Jesus. As we continue to learn from the book of Hebrews together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know what those prayer requests might be? Just fill out the contact form under the About tab at calvarychapelkaneohe.com or come find us on social media. There are links to our Twitter and Instagram pages on our website, calvarychapelkaneohe.com. That's all we have time for today, but thanks for listening to this edition of In Spirit and Truth. Only me true to